New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today I'm hosting Terry Patton, who is the founder of A New Republic of the Heart, which is a co-creative social experiment of being a benefit in perilous times. He's the author of A New Republic of the Heart, an ethos for revolutionaries. I'm speaking with Terry at his home by remote connection. Welcome, Terry, to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you for having me, Justine. Good to be here. It's my pleasure. You've been very candid in revealing that you have a rare and aggressive stage four cancer. And for the past months, you have had to face your personal mortality. And this is happening concurrently with your focus on humanity's crisis, a collective crisis of mortality. And you use the term a global rite of passage. And in the face of your personal prognosis, what can you share of your understanding of the diagnosis for humankind? And is there a life-saving action we can collectively be taking? Well, you know, I think that there are many life-saving actions that we have already begun to take collectively to some degree, but that it's important not to jump over our encounter with our collective mortality. That to some degree, we tend to look at the problem and immediately jump to the solution, which is a an expression of our fixation in the mental dimension of things. To some degree, this is really something that can only be addressed with the intelligence of the heart. And the heart has to be present to the fact that almost everything that we love and everyone that we love is jeopardized by the circumstances of our whole collective you know, our ecological emergency, uh, what may be a series of pandemics. We have political and social crises. Every institution is in crisis, not just in the United States, but around the world. And we have a meaning crisis, uh, you know, a crisis of our information ecosystem. And all of that at once, we can't even agree on what's true. And it just does seem on many levels like everything is falling apart. Now, it may be that we're going to rise to this because these kinds of times bring out both the best and the worst in us. But you can't really be with all of this without, to some degree, accepting the full spectrum of potential outcomes. Maybe the evolutionary process that has been so resilient over such a long period of time. We look back on the history of evolution and we see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Why not another miracle now? So we have to be open to the potential of a solution, or a, you might say a, a profound series of 
solutions that'll be interacting with one another, but we also have to be open to the worst possible outcomes. And that requires our hearts to break. That requires grief. Mm. That requires contact with everything we would like to be in denial of, everything we don't want to face. Because we're not really gonna be present if we're just jumping into our solution without really letting ourselves be feelingly present. We won't be able to be in contact with one another enough to cooperate enough to in, do the things that would make a difference. So we have uh, a challenge to our maturation that's upon us. And that's potentially uh, inspiring, but it's absolutely radical and it totally blows away our ego games of how we can feel good about ourselves and tick the boxes of what we think are the important things that, you know, like just our stories. We need to just let them go and really show up with beginner's mind and, and beginner's heart, a kind of generosity of spirit that makes us able to be a coherent communities, uh, you know, small, medium, large, and to do some real good. I love that. Coherent communities, I think of it as like islands of coherence yes. when we come together with people. You know, uh, Terry, I remember years ago, I was part of a five-year experiment. There was a group of us who met at Fetzer Institute twice a year for five years, and Willis Harmon was one of the ones who brought us together. And at one of these meetings, he had us do um, scenario exercise about how we think the world is going to go. And I learned something about myself in that exercise because many people came up with very, very dire scenarios of where we're going in the world with all the the different things that have come to pass since then, you know, our ecological crisis and inequality, injustice to people in gridlock politics and health care is in distress and economic systems in distress and broken information ecologies and so forth and so on. And I didn't want to go there. I just only wanted to go to the positive outcome. I was really attached to not doing a bad scenario because, you know, I didn't want to add to the possibility of that. But what you're bringing up, Terry, is so profound in what I realize that I am cutting off a huge part of my psyche if I cannot feel the grief over the possible futures. That doesn't mean that they will come to pass, but there's a fullness in that being able to feel the grief. Well, grief is a profound doorway into wisdom. It's a form of wisdom, actually. There is much that is already being lost. The destabilization of our climate is a catastrophe of immense proportions that none of us have really wrapped our heads and hearts around. So we're already either avoiding grief or beginning to deepen in our wisdom through grief. But grief isn't like a destination, it's a portal. And it isn't like 
we can only feel one thing at a time. We can be grieving profoundly and profoundly grateful. And we can be uh, able to see horrible potentials and trust the process. We can be uh, frightened by some of what seems potential, and we can open in a sense of awe and wonder because we're part of an immensely, immensely creative process. You know, miracle after miracle is not just our history, but perhaps our, our potential. But we have to get off it. We have to get off our stories. We have to get off our games. And we've got to do that generously. We can't say, well, I'll do this when you've done that. You know, we can't be negotiating, uh, you know, okay, you do your 50% and then I'll do my 50%. We've got to just completely overwhelm all of that with a kind of humble gratitude. Gratitude for the whole thing and willingness then to forgive and serve and be of benefit in every way we possibly can. And that just opens us. The virtues of the heart are, are not just like kindness and uh, uh, care, but, but they're also uh, appreciation and courage and creativity. There are many, many ways that we haven't liberated our full potential. You know, where's the energy that's gonna turn this around? It is the untapped heroism in every human heart, in every human soul. And the ways that we can liberate that in one another and join together in a collective heroism of such generosity are really inspiring and, and potentially transformative opportunity. So I feel like that intuition that you want to end up in a positive orientation has a kind of wisdom in it, but there's a difference between the pre-tragic orientation that has been unwilling to face the darkness and the post-tragic that has been transformed by uh, full apprehension of everything we fear to face. As you were talking, I was thinking, okay, here are the three G's and the three C's. You're talking about grief, gratefulness, and generosity. You mentioned all three of those, and then you mentioned the three C's, care, courage, and creativity. I just love that. It just expanded me, and I know that you really encourage us to become part of a beloved community of spiritual friends. I would love for you to just mention something about how supportive that is, so we're not going through this all by ourselves as one hero into the dark woods, but we're with others. Well, Justine, I, I've done some of this experimenting myself with virtual communities that meet over Zoom, and we create support systems, usually a kind of buddy system with one other individual and then groups of five or so we call pods. And then we have kind of our larger group of 150 or so folks. And not everybody makes every meeting, but we have different ways that we connect and support one another and inspire one another. And 
we have a circumstance in which to practice our own leadership and our own ability to convene conversations that really matter with people outside our own community, because our community is one of service. It's my opinion that we're in a situation in which everybody who has, is awake to some degree to what's going on is trying to become some sort of you know, better, different, next stage version of a human being. And that means a next stage version of friendship, a next stage version of service. So that means that there are a lot of social experiments that are coming into being, and that, that's really a field of study. But it's not a field of study you can just engage abstractly. You've got to do it. You learn by doing. And that field is actually the most important field of experimentation going on right now in all of our fields of study and needs to be honored and respected. A lot of our work is to help this field become self-aware, to have its own meetings and publications and all the other things that a field might have. It's somewhat like the spirit of the Quaker meeting, but there's a little less piety and a little more sass and playfulness <laughs> in the mood of things than most people associate with the Friends meetings. There is a sense of the sacred, but a sense not of an idea of the sacred. Like my ideas about God are what's in the way of my contact with the very divinity of this moment and all of the wonder and amazing depth and dimension uh, that are present right now. And that's infinitely deep. I can wax poetic about how wonderful it is and be appreciating it and, and to some degree transmitting my appreciation of it. And you know what? There's more for me. And I'm a student of something greater than what I've already realized. And we all are. And that's the best thing we can model to one another, too. I just wrote down, this is a sacred order of the heart that you're calling us to in a very real way, and that we don't go through this cauldron of metacrisis by ourselves. Terry, I want to thank you so much for being part of the New Dimensions Cafe today. I've been speaking with Terry Patton. He spells his last name P-A-T-T-E-N. He's the founder of A New Republic of the Heart, a co-creative social experiment on being of benefit in perilous times. And he's the author of A New Republic of the Heart, an ethos for revolutionaries. I've been speaking with Terry at his home by remote connection. And to find out more about his work and his writings and these groups, you can go to newrepublicoftheheart.org, O-R-G. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org.
New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.